You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on the Cooligans, we talk about Trumpito talking <laughs> talking soccer. Is he interested in soccer? He says he's not watching anymore. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's really try to break this down and figure all this out. Also, we're talking to Zarek Valentin. Oh, my God. Absolutely incredible. Houston Dynamo. Yo, this this whole uh, little uh, tournament they got going on is going to be late. We're going to talk to him about it. That and more on this episode of the Cooligans. Hi, this is Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, and you are listening to our best friends and favorite comedians, The Cooligans, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, baby! Let's go! Okay! Come on, huh? Vamos con todo! <laughs> Put it all on there! <laughs> okay! This is going to be a fully loaded episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Cooligans. Uh, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. All right. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that you have ever witnessed. Yeah, but it's not just that, Christian. It is not. What else is it, Alexis? It just so happens to be the gulliest. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we have to, uh, you know, a lot's been going on in, in the soccer world, in just outside our, our windows. Uh, again, props to all the uh, people protesting, really, uh, really trying to drive change into the world. It's uh, working. Respect you. We admire you. Uh, I mean, everything. It's just been, I mean, quite uh, just a monumental shift in culture is, is you know, honestly inspiring. So very much uh, so. So let let's talk about the 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 big news that that hit soccer Twitter uh, a few days ago, uh, which was uh, obviously President Agent Orange uh, <laughs> was out. Uh, you know, so U.S. Soccer. Just a preface: U.S. Soccer uh, said that that the the kneeling policy uh, about the anthem was was wrong. They repealed it. Uh, as soon as that happened, we had uh, a rep- the representative of, from Florida stand up and said, oh, OK, wait, what is this soccer? What is going yeah. on to our flag? Someone <laughs> explain to me what's happening in soccer and who allowed this to happen in this country. Yes, please. Now let me uh, bring the fake outrage. Um, right. And yes, and Matt. Gates, uh, who you've seen on uh, on C-SPAN being uh, being a dummy, uh, he's a big old dummy, yeah. and he was uh, he he posted about how he's introducing a law. He's going to introduce a bill to uh, you know to basically punish uh, you know U.S. soccer if they allowed people to to not uh, you know if they didn't force them to stand during the national anthem, right? Uh, Which I believe should be called the this this can't be this actually can't happen. This is just grandstanding, Bill. <laughs> I think that's what they're going to call it. Yeah, and he's basically saying, "Hey, I want to. I have a bill to just completely repeal the First Amendment. You know, yeah. what? I'm done. I'm done with the First Amendment. To be honest, I gotta be, guys, we tried it." <laughs> Yeah, we're a little bit of a sample, right? We've decided okay. it's not for us. Yes, it was real cute for the time that it was in place, but uh, no thank you. No. Yeah. So uh, everybody started piling on this dude, being like, yo, you're ridiculous. Uh, and then we get a, a, a tweet from uh, the president himself, 
uh, which is just a, here to amplify any garbage he <laughs> finds. You know? And he, he says, I want to, he, he retwe- basically retweets the story. He and quote he goes, tweets it. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, uh, I won't be watching much anymore. Oh no. <laughs> okay. The anymore. Is, the anymore. How could you have watched it prior <laughs> and just glossed over everyone talking shit about you in the stands? How? <laughs> the people legitimately make signs about how much they hate you. How are yeah. you watching this? Um, yes, I won't be watching much anymore. Uh, it it just, there's no way, no one believes that statement, right? Because there's no, Trump has no, uh, opinion on soccer. You know, know his kid's a fan. His kid is a fan. I believe uh, Barron is a Arsenal fan. Well, he was given Arsenal because Stan Kroenke just continuously winning uh, <laughs> gave, gave him free. Cl- I mean, there he is, just always making the right decisions. Stan Kroenke, just Arsenal fans love you, buddy. Whatever you want, the mustache not weird, not weird at all. Uh, so he gave the kid a full kit. But when yeah. we were at ICC, he was there to see the Arsenal match. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, Remember that? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Correct. Yes, that we're was like the big... all these dudes in suits, man. <laughs> They're really aggressive. And get in, that kid out of there in Charlotte. In Charlotte, that's right. Baron was there. Uh, so, but but this idea, like he, Trump said this about the NFL as well. He said, you know, you allow kneeling, and I'm not going to be watching much anymore. What? Like he's too busy watching Sean Hannity. I, there's no what. There's no time in no. his TV schedule to get in a soccer game, an NFL game, or anything. No. Did Fox News start carrying soccer games? Is that what's <laughs> happening? Is O A N N going to start showing soccer games? Okay. Get out of here. Nobody believes you've ever even seen a soccer game. <laughs> so, but my favorite uh, uh, wrinkle in this story was the 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 beef between Matt. Gates and actor Ron Perlman. Not much of a beef because Matt Gates got cooked, boy. (laughs) But but Ron Perlman is Hellboy. If you guys have you know, or Sons of Anarchy, Sons of Anarchy. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but he really went out after him. And I'll quote him: He says, "The U.S. soccer team called, and you guessed it, said they couldn't give any less of a fuck about what you two dipshits think." I'm like, yo, (laughs) my guy, (laughs) Ronnie. Uh, we Go gotta on. have Ronnie on the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the see the, these. This is the type of when you, the soccer supporter. This is what they talk like. Uh-huh. This is what they sound like. So yeah. I don't know who who you know Gates and Trump think they're messing with. Nah, son, we ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back with Zarek Valentin of the Houston Dynamo right after this. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show so far. Uh, We just want to give you a word from this isn't really a sponsor, but this is uh, a great place to donate, I think, uh, in light of everything that's happening. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of people have uh, just kind of wondered uh, what they can do to help and how how to support with either the protests or talking about police reform or just getting more informed or uh, anything like that. There's uh, a a bunch of uh, people doing great work kind of compiling all that information. Uh, and one of them that was uh, really, really great uh, was a, a, a link. It's called Black, BlackLivesMatters.card.co. With two uh, R's in card. Correct. 
and uh, uh, so yeah, again, Black Lives Matters uh, dot card with two R's dot co. Uh, and if you go to our uh, Twitter page, uh, just ask Soccer Cooligans. Uh, it's our pinned tweet. Uh, you can click on it. You can see uh, it's a big resource. It tells you like a lot of different places you can sign petitions, how to text who, and how to text or call, where to donate, even more resources. Exactly, and even information for uh, if you're a protester, what, what to bring with you, what what to what best practices, how to uh, how to stay safe. There's a lot of information there uh, that that I found super useful. Um, there's also uh, another link if you just look at that thread. Um, there's a a, a, a link called uh, secure.actblue.com which is if you want to donate some people don't know who to donate to there's a lot of um, there's just a lot of places that you can help support and, and it could be overwhelming or confusing or uh, you, you don't, don't know how much to give who you know or you don't you don't even know if it's real right that, that's been another like concern um, but this is another uh, great opportunity if you do want to donate like uh, you can donate to you make, basically make one donation and it splits it amongst about like 10 different groups like so I'll read them. It's Black Lives Matter Global Network, Reclaim the Block, National Bailout, Black Visions Collective, NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, the National Police Accountability Project, Color of Change Education Fund, Unicorn Riot, Campaign Zero, Advancement Project, and the Marshall Project. So one donation to act to secure dot actblue.com slash donate slash ab underscore mn which again you could just click on it if you go to our social media but one uh if you go to our twitter i should say if you one donation will split that up amongst all of those different groups so you'll be able to support the entire lot in one chunk which is absolutely amazing exactly so um yeah please do that if uh you know if you know i know a lot of people are uh not in a place to be able to donate but this is why um uh looking at that resource from from you know the card.co link uh, there's other things that you can do. And it's not, if you don't have uh, money at the moment, uh, there's other ways you can help. So uh, I, I encourage everybody to check that out. Uh, and yeah, all we can say is uh, thank you for uh, listening to the show, for supporting, for for protesting, uh, for fighting for what is right and trying to initiate real change in the world. Uh, so we appreciate you. Uh, with that said, let's get back to the show. All right. And we're back on Cooligan's Living Room FC. Finally, our guest is here. This is exciting. This is is this the first Boricua we got on the show, Christian? (laughs) Okay. It's long overdue, okay? I've been saying, yo, we need a Puerto Rican on this show, right? (laughs) Just get the trinity of Caribbean Latinos in here. We got the Cuban, the Dominican, and now the Puerto Rican. When we come together, let me tell you something. Oh, boy, there's no car radio safe. (laughs) (laughs) But this dude, we're really excited. We got a chance to meet him briefly when we were in Portland. We've been following this dude's career. He played for the Puerto Rican national team, which some of you right now have just gotten in a car accident because you didn't know existed. Uh, it's not just the basketball team, my guy. This dude, absolutely amazing. Uh, good friend of the show. So glad he's here. You know him from your Houston Dynamo. We're going to talk to him about the group of death. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only, Zarek Valentine, baby. Valentine. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, listen, we're all friends. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I made fun uh, of that, and then I made the mistake anyway. It's perfect. <laughs> you should have you went, went Spanish. Valentin, it's easy. Valentin, you don't have to yeah. mean that. There it is. Perfect. Valentin, yeah. coño. 
Zarek, uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, this is, yeah, this has been a, a long overdue. We've been, uh, uh, you know, f following you for a long time, especially uh, when it comes to MLS players who are uh, comfortable, one, being on camera, being on podcast, uh, uh, sharing how they feel. Uh, you are uh, one of those people, man, and uh, we are huge fans of you. So uh, to start, <laughs> let's at least just, uh, I, I want to ask, how are you doing? Uh, how is how is it back uh, to be in training? And how are you getting ready for this upcoming MLS's back tournament? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I, I'll just go with that we're saving the best for last as why as to why I've had to wait to come on. But um, <laughs> huge, huge fan. Um, you know, we've known each other for a little bit. Uh, I stopped on for your birthday a little bit ago. So yeah, what's yeah, up? Yeah, had a little right. cheers. Thank you. Um, of course. So it, it's just been fun. I think that um, throughout this entire process, you know, as players, we've learned to value the simple things in life. And it's interesting because I had a talk with Pablo Mastrani, who's one of our assistant coaches. And, you know, he's the most like upbeat, positive guy in the world. And I go, you know, what's your favorite Starburst? And he was like the pink one, obviously. Right. And he goes, yeah, well, I actually like the other flavors. And I go, what do you mean? I was like, I just want the pink flavor. He goes, well, when you have the rest of the flavors that suck, it makes the pink ones that much better. So when you go through individual trainings and you're running fitness and it's hot as cojones here in Houston, suddenly we're back and it just feels amazing. We get to kick people, you get to make people in 5v2 and stuff like that. So it's been fantastic. Okay. That's a, what a great way to look at it. I know they sell the bag of just pink and I've had that. And I got to be honest, you get tired of it after like four or five. <laughs> exactly. So he was saying he actually prefers... Just like, I guess, I don't know if he like self-torture, but he eats like the yellow ones where it just tastes like plastic. <laughs> and then suddenly you get the old pink and you're like, this is it. He's <laughs> like those comedians that get on stage and say something that annoys the entire crowd and then dig out of that hole because it's more exciting. There's more, of course. There's more risk involved. 100%. I, I, but I, I do love uh, candy-based life lessons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it makes it's it a good easy. approach. It makes it easy, hundred percent. Yeah. It's like you know, if you're chewing, all peanut M and M's are the same color and the same taste. It's like, oh wow, I know. Listen, I heard one of my, I heard someone recently talk about they were dealing with their children with racism with M and M's. You know, they might be different colors on the outside, but on the inside, we're all the same. Damn, so. we're all nuts, kid. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, I hope people are, are using the the candy M and M's and not the wrapper M and M. It's a little bit of a different <laughs> yeah. lesson, a little bit more complicated. Sorry, Kim from Detroit. <laughs> Just go with it, kid. <laughs> so, uh, Zarek, actually, you know, uh, well, and and we were talking about the and the tournament. How, what is the uh, you you uh, we, we were speaking? Uh, uh, oh, th well, this is airing out. Forget what I just. Said. Anyway, <laughs> the the tournament you are up against uh, LAFC, LA Galaxy, and your former team, the Portland Timbers. Uh, I knew it was going to happen. Nice what? easy group, huh? <laughs> nice real. Little walk in the park for the old Houston Dynamo boys. <laughs> Listen, me, me, me and Christian Ramirez walked in, looked at each other, and were like, all right, I guess this is what we're going to do. Yeah, that's right. He's going against LAFC. Yeah, exactly. So we had a good little laugh, but it's exciting, man. Um, I always say that to, to be a better team and to push yourself, you have to play the best teams. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think there's honestly too much um, too much goes around by having an easy group. I mean, none of these none of these games are going to be easy. I, you know, we're all having a limited preseason after being in quarantine, and we're going to go play where somewhere where it's hot. And if anything, that might be a little bit of an advantage to us because it's 
almost 95, 100 degrees every single day here. Um, but then again, when you get down there and suddenly you start to you cross the lines, everything gets the same. But it's exciting. Um, I knew we were going to get Portland in our group. I just had a feeling. But uh, regardless, it, it's going to be exciting. I know that I, it's been a little bit of a, a long, drawn-out process, but we're ready for it. Okay. If you well, score I, against Portland, would you celebrate or would you do the hands up? No. Hey, I'd probably do back. some... I'd probably do some sarcastic, like high fives, like social distancing high fives, but nothing crazy. I mean, you can't celebrate when there's no fans there. What are you going to do? Like run over? Yeah. I mean, so nothing, nothing crazy, but I mean, I I have a lot of, a lot of respect for that organization. So um, I probably wouldn't just because I made some, some good friends and have a lot of good history there. And I wouldn't want to, I'm excited for my team, but I've already told them, I've told the fans and I've told the TA when I play you, I want to beat you. And you respected me for always playing 110% and you got behind me. So I'm going to do that when you play the team. Of and course. I'm sorry. And I want to beat you. I'm sorry. And I hope we beat them bad because <laughs> that's just how I am. I'm super competitive and that's just what it's going to be. That's yeah, what it that's, takes. Yeah, man. It, it is. Uh, uh, I, let's talk a little bit about your, your connection to the Timbers because when you were uh, um, – taken in the in the expansion draft by Nashville uh, and then uh, subsequently traded to uh, Montreal, uh, to, to the Dynamo but what your connection to the Timbers is something you don't really see with a lot of players and their organization people were and I'm not even a Timbers fan and I'm like this I'm sad I'm a little I know this hurts everybody and you know you it's know, like trading the, the, Timber Joey yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's a big compliment. That's yeah. a big compliment. Just Timber Joey with, uh, you know, NYCFC. Would yeah, just make Homeland no sense. Security won't let him bring them. The He's like, no, you don't understand. It's my thing. No, the tree incredible. got on the subway. I can't get this thing. <laughs> Emotionally, what was that uh, transition transition like for you? Um, it was tough, and I and I and I'm not shy about that. It was one of these situations where Portland was home. I had my first child there. Uh, my wife and I finally got to live together after doing distance for a while. We got married there. We bought our first house. So that was that was home. And um, obviously, it's very difficult. And I had so many incredible relationships with the fans, with local charities, New Avenues for Youth is what my Ribbon Z campaign benefited. You know, we were able to donate over $20,000 to them in the past few years. And um, I just tried to engulf myself as much in the culture and and learn about the city and find out what makes Portland weird and love that. And I think that when you go anywhere, when you go to Montreal and you try to learn French, which I try to do, when you go to Nor- Norway and try to learn Norwegian and go to Portland and learn the differences between coffee roasts and do whatever you got to do. Um, that's the language I, they speak. That's yeah. the language of love in Portland. <laughs> or, you know, to be able to donate, you know, differentiate between IPAs. It's very different. There's hazies. You got, right. you know, different ones from locally. So it's all, I think when you engulf yourself in the culture, I think that you develop a deeper connection with the fans. And I'm looking forward to doing that in Houston. I've been in quarantine longer than I've actually been able to leave the house. So yeah. it's a little bit goofy, but um, I have the utmost respect for the the fans in the city and obviously the organization too, that helped me, uh, you know, really kind of get my career back on track. So there's definitely um, always going to be some feelings there, but I was ultimately excited to be taken because when a team reaches out and trades their starting goalkeeper to acquire you, that gives you a feeling. I've never been traded for like that. So for me, that was such a, a, like a a touching moment from a club. And I I was excited because I've known Tab and I knew Matt and what the club here is putting together is exciting. And um, hopefully we get to, you know, continue to move that forward. Uh, One of the things that, that strikes uh, that sort of uh, surprised me a little bit when I look at your career is I don't recall 
you having been in, in Norway with Glimt, I, if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that correctly, what was that switch like to go from getting drafted by Shivas USA, which again, some of you might not even remember that. That was LAFC R. before the redesign. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody said uh, Los Angeles, formerly Chivas for LAFC, and I can't stop laughing at that. But uh, <laughs> So you, you go to Montreal Impact, and then from there, what made you decide to go to, uh, to, to sort of go to Scandinavia? That was pretty pretty wild to be completely honest. Obviously, the experience with Chivas was great. I had a, an incredible time there. It's just funny because Chivas is this like cult that if you didn't know, it's almost like you were you missed out on like the <laughs> wildness and the randomness. And now like those jerseys, used to, everyone used to rag on it. But now if you show up in like a Chivas USA jersey, everyone's like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially because it says Corona on it right now. You're like, ah. People thought we used to work for Corona. They go, oh, that's great. You know, you have, where's the, is the headquarters in Los Angeles? It's a good business. Yeah. 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 That's like my sister. I'm an Arsenal fan. Wanted to buy me an Arsenal jersey many years ago. She's like, every time I Google it, some team called the Fly Emirates pop up. You need to fix that. And I'm like, no, Michelle. No. It's so true. So, like, um, with the expansion draft, got picked up by Montreal. Had a good year there. Jesse got let go, and then a new coach came in. And it was pretty clear that I wasn't in the plans, which is fine. I mean, I pref- I'd prefer a coach just be like, listen, we're trying to move you. Let's figure out a good situation. Then like, well, you know, who knows? Going to see you. We'll just play hard. So I was, it's a good story. I was trying to actively leave and they were searching through some things. And I think they were trying to trade me. And lo and behold, Matt Jordan, who's here now, actually in Houston, our GM, came to find me after training. He's like, hey, do you mind if we chat? And I was like, yeah, I got to take a shower real quick. I'll see you in a second. He goes, no, we got to chat now. And I was like, all right. It's completely naked. So I had to put on a towel, walked up like in the middle of this thing. Like, you know what? If I'm not going to shower, I'm just going to show up to this thing, like basically naked. And he was like, hey, what do you know about Norway? And I was like, I don't know. How are you? Um, (laughs) So then he's like, we got a call today from a a club in Norway that wants to bring you in on loan. Have you heard anything as your agent? And I said, I have no clue. Turns out Jan Halver was an assistant under Baca in New York. And when they were scouting players, in like for the draft, Jan spoke really highly of me to Baca, but they knew that I wouldn't fall to the Red Bulls in the 2011 draft. Yeah. So when he got a job in Norway, they needed an outside back. So he called me. Funny thing is they're like, oh, yeah, it's a first division club. So I was like, oh, you know what? Let me think about it. You know, weekend goes by on a, three days. I said, yeah, I flew out Monday. City, 40,000 people, northern part of Norway, wild experience. It's like when Rocky lands in Rocky Four, pretty much snow everywhere. It was incredible. I found out that the first division's actually the second division. Ooh, that's how they get you. Know, <laughs> so it was like, it's the Tipeligan, and then it was like the Obos first division. And I was like, oh, first division, okay. This is, yeah. this is my, this is my European like championship. Oh, don't mind if I do. What do you mean, premier? <laughs> so it was literally that. Lo and behold, though, my team was stacked. We, we set a record up until last year for most points in that league. We, you know, from that team, we had a guy go to Galatasaray, played for Stoke. Now he's, you have another guy who played in Turkey. We had a really good team. And it was just like an incredible experience. Um, again, I tried to immerse myself in the culture. I learned Norwegian. Um, just met the people, tried to go hiking as much as I could. It was a beautiful town above the Arctic Circle, reindeer, stuff like that. So it was a, it was a really incredible experience. 
That's, that's wild. All right. Uh, there, there was another story I wanted to bring up. This is more recent. Uh, All right. This was uh, you. There was an article about you in Complex Magazine uh, <laughs> about some some Nike, some sneakers. Oh, yes, we like, got a we got a Puerto Rican tastemaker in the house. Huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so this is the story. I'll kind of summarize it a little bit. But you received. You are a, a representative of Nike, right? And you. Uh, get, Yes, you are a Nike athlete, and you received apparently a pair uh, of uh, uh, off-white Nikes, uh, and, and you were wearing them. But apparently, these are not available to anyone, and uh, a couple people were pretty upset seeing you wear these. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I'm very lucky to be a Nike athlete. Um, I'm happy to be part of a company that ha- is so firm in their beliefs. And you know, I try to be like that, so to be a part of a company that's the same way. And listen, I, I made some friends and eventually, like I said, I probably shouldn't have got this thing shown up at my doorstep <laughs> and I just like shoes and I wear them. And suddenly at some point, word kind of got out. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm i not shy about posting stuff about shoes. Look at me. Half my Instagram is all of me in shoes. And like, like I said, I had a, a fun pair that was sent to me and um, I might have to put them on the in the little glass case in my garage somewhere now. <laughs> As uh, hopefully they don't get stolen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I would call you a sneakerhead because you all, you also, you're sneaker aficionado, sneaker aficionado, Ooh, sneaker aficionado. My I bad. find sn- sneakerheads, I think, get a negative connotation for just liking necessarily what's cool and yeah. like just wanting something because everyone else wants it. I like shoes. I worked a little bit with some people that I could like the process of making a shoe and the thoughts and the designs and things like that. So for me, I, I enjoy like mate- different materials and I'm picky about leathers and stuff like that. So that's why I call myself an aficionado as opposed to like, <laughs> I, I like Supreme. Yeah. Well, then we got to, are we going to do a crab check right now? What are we wearing or we don't wear shoes in the house? We don't wear shoes in the house. My, okay. <laughs> my mom was born and raised in Japan. So it's, it sucks. Maybe some yeah. house slippers. Yeah. <laughs> but on a side note, Nike did cancel their, Puerto Rico. But I know Air they Force did they cancel the Puerto Rico Air Force ones because the flag was reversed on the tongue. Brutal. Dude, it's so sad. I mean, if you're looking down, I guess it's normal. But if it's like looking out, I guess it's, I don't know. That's also kind of dope, though. I think low key was because there's no Puerto Rican Day Parade and they're like, who's going to buy these? You know what I mean? <laughs> I was going to buy them. Now they're, they're like $700 now just because the flag is backwards. Like, Damn. listen, you don't even know what a cookie is, so don't even talk to me about the frog <laughs> yeah. on the inside of the shoe. I know. Come on, Nike. <laughs> I personally, there's no Cuba Air Force Ones. Give me something. There was a Delo Mio for the Dominicans. Y'all got your own, even though it was canceled. We can't get one. We can't get one with a little bit of a toilet paper on it for all my Cuba heads. We can't get toilet paper on the island. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. So when it comes, great. When it comes to, because uh, I, I saw you posted uh, on Air Max Day. I'm a huge fan of Air Max 90s. Those are those are my favorites. Uh, I have a couple Air Max 1s, but how many, uh, when when it comes to Air Maxes, how many of those do you have? And then also, in general, what's what's the sneaker collection looking like? What are the numbers I was wearing, at? I was wearing 90s today, actually. Oh, I'm a big fan of right. 90s. 1s, 95s. I was wearing the, the Bacons. Do you know which, you know which ones course. those are? Yeah, Dave's uh, Meat Shop. I oh, had I to search... Those. I, it was the first, yeah, Dave Beachup. Yeah, it was the first ever concept store. So he built out this store to basically be like a butcher shop and sold these shoes that look like pieces of bacon when you put them together. Materials are incredible. They're, they're like 16-year-old shoes. They're going to fall apart, but I'm trying to give them one last hurrah. But in terms of amount of Air Maxes, I love ones. I love 90s. Um, and 
I would say, I mean, not that many. I'd probably have 10 ish pairs between both of those. Okay. I'm more of a Jordan guy. I have a lot of J's. I see. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Uh, you post those uh, quite a bit. I'm, I'm, like, I'm the opposite. I do not like Jordans at all. There's almost none that I'm really? a fan of. I'm a Knicks fan. It just hurts. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It burns to fair wear. Enough. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you, you wouldn't wear, uh, you know, Sounders sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. <laughs> They'd they, they smell too bad. So, yeah. um, the Oba Femi ones, you know. <laughs> Dude, in all fairness, though, he was a baller. He, he was, was great. So, oh, he was he was fun to watch too. And he was just—I remember we played him in preseason one year, and just like I walked up to him, he's just one giant muscle. He's just like a giant like quad. <laughs> and so, like you see him, and he's like one of the fastest guys in the field, but then like can probably bench press like three sixty. And Jeez. he was he was an animal, but um, overall, I have pro- I don't I only have like a hundred pairs. I think in my collection, I tried to go for quality, not quantity. It is not, only not- has a hundred <laughs> pairs. I don't even have room in this apartment for that. <laughs> <laughs> Zarek, uh, we were talking about Portland a little bit before. I wanted to bring up another uh, issue that you were again very vocal about, which was the the iron front symbol. We, we spent a lot of time talking about this on our show last year, and it was a big issue uh, across the league. Uh, you were one of the few players uh, that, sh- you, I mean, you showed up to a game wearing the iron front uh, on your shirt. Uh, you're always very supportive uh, as far as, and active when it came to social issues. Uh, what was it like, and did you get any kind of pushback when it came to being so vocal about that? Actually, no. I, I think that one of the things that I try to pride myself on is is listening to why it's important. Because I think that if you look at the issue from afar, you don't really understand it. And you can get lost in narratives and you know, even a lot of stuff that's going on with Black Lives Matter. If you don't dive in and speak to your friends and understand, then you don't really understand the crux of the issue. So I, I spent a lot of time talking to some of my friends in the TA about why that was important for them. And it was more than just a banner. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting passionate about this, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, good, man. But it was more than just a banner, obviously. So when you kind of dive into that and you hear, you know, the fact that this was their safe place and, you know, the TA is one of the most inclusive groups, if not the most inclusive supporters group. I know a lot, all of them are, but, you know, they're super outward about all their, you know, just how they don't care where you're from or what you are. You know, when you're there, we're, you know, supporters of the Timbers. And that's what mm-hmm. I love about sports is the fact that no matter what political parties and all this stuff, you go there to watch a team. And it's interesting because if we can all rally behind a team, we should be able to figure something out in the rest of our lives, at least in my eyes. But um, no, there was no pushback at all. Obviously, um, it was my decision to go on and wear the shirt just to, to support uh, the supporters. They're with us through thick and thin. So the, the best thing we can do is to, to be you know, with them when they need us, when they need someone to stand firm. And, and, and uh, Stephen Fry was was big on that, uh, on the end for the Sounders as well, because it was a, a joint thing, I believe, with them. Atlanta was up there, maybe Kansas City, and I think the Galaxy were really strong about the the, the, the iron front symbol. And um, I think rightfully so, the league uh, amended the the rule change in which they did. Yeah. And um, and like I said, I, I think that it's, it's all for a, a cause that's close to MLS supporters' hearts. It's not just – Minnesota was big too. So it's not just like one or two teams. This was a bunch of clubs. So it was fantastic to, to see you, that, that the progression. When you do something like that, when you make the decision to wear this shirt, which clearly your photograph is going to be taken on the way in. People are going to see it. You know it's going to make headlines, right? When you do something like that, 
what is the reaction from like your agent? Are they like, come on, you know, <laughs> tweet, buddy? Do you gotta wear a shirt, like, or do you not? Do they understand? No, dude, that's Eric. He's gonna do it. Yeah, well, my agent, um, it, it just kind of knows how when I commit myself to something, like I'm in it, like, and, and I'm gonna be passionate about it, and I'm gonna try to go about things in a respectful way, no matter what I, you know, matter what I'm, I care about. I'm not gonna get defensive or call people out or criticize people for not believing what I, the way I think, but I'm gonna try to help persuade them and give them my perspective. Um, and I had a lot of very constructive conversations with Merritt as well. And he was, you know, open about talking to me and relaying the information. And we had some good talks. And yeah. ultimately the, the thing that I'm most sad about is that game. I tore my hamstring in the middle of the game and Jordan Morris runs past me and gets, I think, an assist or two. So like for <laughs> me, I look back and I think like how I was basically injured, uh, but you know, the, the way that that was handled, I think, um, I think was a, a step in the direction that the, the, the supporters, across the league needed and it was something where again this if without the supporters our league doesn't exist like they, no one cares it's what makes the the these games fun to watch it's why people are it's one of the most growing sports in the country is because our supporters are so passionate so to to be their supporter for something felt pretty i felt honored to do so yeah i mean yeah not only that i mean you you are you have photos pictured uh the the end gun violence shirt uh, you know, supporting women, supporting the thorns, uh, you know, the it, it, it is it, I love seeing that, uh, you know, I wish realistically, I wish more players were that kind of vocal and out front uh, when, when it comes uh, to that stuff. The the other thing I wanted to talk about was as long a, as they're on the right side, because, you know, there is. Also, Jeff Cameron, there, right? So there's, <laughs> there's, there's both sides there's of it. A, there's a couple of Twitter accounts we're not huge fans of, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, we, but let's, I wanted to talk about the the, the bet that you, you made uh, with the ribbon bet uh, with uh, yeah. Haley Rosso, uh, uh, who's uh, from the Thorns. Uh, can you uh, talk about how that happened and, and give a little bit of detail of what it was in general? Yeah, I'll give the elevator pitch on this one. Um, so basically... I'm a huge supporter. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of women's the NWSL. I think there's so many ballers in that league, and obviously with the Thorns games, the Thorns team is great. And I've met and started to meet some of the Dash players, and they have some good players as well. Sadly, I haven't been able to watch a game because they haven't even started up. Yeah. So I I was going to a bunch of these games, and I kept running into this one drunken fan, Russell. He's a good buddy of mine, and he kept <laughs> running me, "Hey, hey man, how's it going?" And I was like, "Hey, bud, how's it going?" He's like, "You won't wear a ribbon in your hair like Haley, you, 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 you little weakling." And I was like, "All right, buddy, get out of here." <laughs> so like three times happens, and I go out for a beer with Megan Klingenberg. I think they had a bad result, and she's like, "Hey, just let's just grab a beer. I need to just like decompress." And I was like, "Cool, no problem." So I show up, and it was her, and I think one or two other players. I forget, and Russell. Lo and behold, stumbles in. Hey, buddy, how's it going? You won't do this. And of course, then when the thorns got it, then they started egging me on. And it was one of these like, oh, you're not down. And it was like, well, yeah, I am. So then I tweeted out, if I got a 10,000 retweets, I would wear it in my in a bow in my hair like Haley for a game. Less than 24 hours later, I was at like 12,000. And I was like, of oh, course. <laughs> of course. Well, because all the women were hyping it up. The The Australian women's national team was like retweeting it and yeah, stuff. Dude. And it was trending in Australia. It was a whole mess. <laughs> so then like we, we basically said, my wife and I, she's like, you're first off, you're an idiot. Second, you know, if people are willing to get behind this cause, maybe we can like do something to, you know, benefit. It's Pride Month. You're playing for Pride. Maybe we can figure something out. So we sat down and brainstormed and ended up selling ribbons. And I should have brought one. 
damn it, I forgot. <laughs> this little ribbons. And you go and you tie a ribbon and we sold it for a dollar each. And sold out first game. And then I was like, whoa, we're generating some money. So after a full like three or four games, uh, Thorns games and uh, the Timbers games, we sold $8,000 worth of these ribbons, which is wow. wow. So people would people would put a you know 20 in and take five. And it was pretty cordial. So we raised 8K and I donated it actually to New Avenues for Youth, um, which is a, a charity in Portland. Um, so LGBTQ plus community, um, you know, homeless youth so trying to help them get back on their feet and stuff like that so then the next year i was like let's double it let's see how we can do and i was like well i don't really know how we can double that so let's try to i said portland's a huge patch community let's sell patches so we ended up selling five patches throughout five games um three thorns or three timbers two thorns and ended up selling over thirty thousand dollars worth of patches at these five games and then was able to write Two checks for $12,000, one in New Avenue's Youth, and then there another at the Q Center um, in Portland. So we were able to donate that. So we were able to actually triple the total instead of double it. And it just it just goes to show, um, you know, if you have a platform, I, I believe you have to use it for good. You have to do it because if people can, you know, if we can raise money for kids because we buy patches or sell ribbons, like why why aren't we doing more of that? And sadly, this year has kind of been goofy, but it's been something that I'm super passionate about. Uh, and uh, Zarek, I, I want to, since we were talking a little bit about NWSL, NWSL is returning. Uh, it is the first U.S. league to be uh, returning after the uh, coronavirus uh, response and all this stuff. You wouldn't know it's from really- watching the news, but trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, which is a hunk of crap, by the way. Yeah, it's a- <laughs> It's an interesting thing, and I guess it's it, uh, from your perspective because the, the the Portland Thorns are very unique club in in how well they are supported uh, uh, other nwsl teams other mls teams don't get the same uh, amount of support that the that the thorns uh do and did uh what what is your um perspective of, uh, playing playing on the men's side as uh, as a, a way to be an advocate for nwsl and and help support it and and help push it forward i think you have to practice what you preach I think it's it's you have to do more than just go like, oh, like these games are great. Like, no, you have to go consistently. And I think for me, going to those games, you know, proved to to be that like, you know, that aha moment in terms of how good the quality is and how fun they are. Most people like say, oh, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, watching baseball on TV, but I'd love to go to a game. So why don't you take that approach when it comes to the NWSL? A lot of times people go and it's like, this was fantastic. You know, they're banging in goals and the fans are involved and it's great. And I think that a lot of people are so hesitant to do so. And for me, if you're going to speak well about all the players and stuff like that, you have to support them. We're soccer in America. We're a community. You know what I mean? Like the Chivas USA, like we all, we're all in this together. And for me, I, I just love supporting the girls because there's incredible players. And, you know, I was talking to um, Jane Campbell for the the uh, the Dash. Incredible goalkeeper. She's she's very good. And to just kind of just have a chat with her, and she played with the U.S. Women's National Team for a little bit, I think that just shows how the quality is very high. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see their their tournament or whatever, they, whatever they're calling it in uh, Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be the, a blast uh, to watch. Yeah, and uh, and and then also the MLS is back tournament. You are, uh, you know, you haven't played too many games uh, with your with your new team, but 
uh, we have so we had a question also from uh, our our supporters, uh, you know, the the Gully Squad, uh, and they. Uh, so one of the questions that we had was about uh, your new coach, uh, which you, your coach. I mean, he's not a new coach to you, but um, the to, to the Dynamo. But uh, how has Tab uh, tactically? What like how do you feel? Is that uh, how are you adjusting to this new team and and working with Tab Ramos? Like what what has been? Um, what what do you guys sort of expect from the the, the tournament in Orlando? Well, first off, I, I've I've loved it. Tab's ideas are crystal clear and everything's spelled out, and your expectations are very. Um, just right in front of you. And if you execute them and do well, you're probably going to play. And if you don't, then you won't. But at least you know exactly what is, you know, necessary from each position, which is fantastic. And a lot of it is kind of, you know, a little bit of a framework, but then also he allows players to express themselves in their own ways because, do you know what I mean? You can give a painter a paintbrush and he has to go out and do his own thing. But obviously you might have to give him the supplies, get him the canvas and the paint and everything like that and the brush and then let him do his thing. So I'm super excited and we haven't played an incredible amount of games, but I was kind of joking around how as a new coach, this has just been like a wildly long preseason because we had our first preseason, two games in which we're like test runs. And then we got another mini preseason and now we get to go in it again. So a lot of newer coaches don't have access to kind of extensive time with the team. So hopefully we can put out a good product because the ideas are there. It's just a matter of us executing them. And he's provided some like things that have like kind of blown my mind in terms of just like, I can't say too much, but just like his ideas are top notch. No, no, no. Say it on the show. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make sure we send this out to the other 25 teams. Yeah. (laughs) No, please do. In particular to Portland, L.A., L.A. Uh, When you you look at a a situation like this tournament that you have coming up, there's not much else in your career that maybe prepares you for something like this other than maybe you were at IMG, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of similar, right? It was campus, a bunch of no fans, right? It was just players playing, right? And, you know, a little bit of a, you know, kind of like a campus feel to it. But as far as like the structure of the of the tournament, is there anything that you look back and you sort of try to pull some inspiration from? This is almost like a U.S. Open Cup if this all if that's all that existed. Right. If there, there was no professional league. For attached sure. To it. I said the best part is we have a coach that played in World Cups and coached in one. And this is pretty much that. And in yeah. terms of the kind of the, the tactical sense about everything. But obviously it's a little bit goofy because the the three, you know, I was thinking about it in my head and obviously just me overthinking something. But if you we have three group games and three count towards the regular season, but right. let's say you win your first two and you're out of the group. Do you do you still play the last one and play your starters and try to get oh, the points yeah. or do you rest people and try to win the tournament? Huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a- <laughs> because, because are, you know what I mean? Are you thinking whatever way? Because if you play, you know, in a World Cup, you rest the starters, no problem. Or maybe you you rest, you rotate half the squad. But since it's different and like, you know, obviously the prize money and all that stuff, like that's only for the first place team. So you want to win, but you also want to, you'd rather win MLS Cup than you'd rather win this little tournament. So it's kind of interesting how... I think that the approach is going to be taken and we have no idea. We've only just been literally training and getting fit and stuff like that. But I imagine there's going to be some sort of internal battle between, you know, coaches and stuff, you know, where the prioritization goes, if if anything. Have you been watching Bundesliga and how they've come back? I mean, it seems like without fans there, there's no such thing as a home field advantage. Teams are losing 6-0, 4-0. <laughs> have you been watching that? Have you been? Is yeah. there anything you can really draw from that? 
Uh, the only thing I'm really thinking about when I watch those games is the guy in like the sound booth that's sitting there just like some oh, like yeah. DJ like uh, <laughs> yeah. boo 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 yeah, boo yeah. hiss hiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I can imagine someone like sitting up there like vibing like and then just like having to figure out like someone gets fouled and suddenly the whistles go in and you know as cheers long as it's not David Guetta right we don't need that anymore. <laughs> We got it. We don't need any more think, remixes. We're good. I think we're okay. You know, David just woke up from a cold like the Undertaker. He's like, does somebody need me? Unbelievable. I think the biggest thing is, um, I think from a playing standpoint, I think that first game, trying to minimize injuries, because there was a bunch in that first yeah. weekend. And then players are kind of getting back into it a bit. So if you can minimize that, that's a good place. But I think for me, it's great because I can yell at everybody now. There's going to be no fans. And we're going to be able to hear it. (laughs) I can yell at the left winger. No problem. Great. It's going (laughs) to, so for me, it's going to be perfect. But um, like I said, I I watch those games and it's always fun to see, you know, guys go back out there. It's really odd though. I'm expecting someone to like, you know, have you ever seen the guy who scores a goal with an empty stadium and hops and goes in the fans and, you know, claps yeah, 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 a little yeah. bit. I'm still yeah. waiting for that one. I'm, yeah, because I, I think this will be an opportunity for, uh, you know, for not only the broadcaster, like it were, if ESPN or Fox are broadcasting the game to, you know, La Liga is doing the digital fans, cardboard fans, like MLS has to do something wild to get some wild highlights so that more people are aware and get more publicity so i mean zarek if you want to be that person we're jumping into the stands feel free uh you want to you want to yell the cooligans during a game yo i might we will not, we will not stop I might. you I, it's funny because we were in college we used to have dumb things and maybe because we probably knew we were going to win most games but like keep what people would dare me to say words on the field you know what I mean? Just like comedians yeah, yeah, yeah. do this to say each like, other. Like we were like, salmon. yo, you gotta say this word in your set. You know? <laughs> exactly. It'd be like salmon and like, you know, guitar. And you know what I mean? So you're just like, we're, you know, we're playing them off the field like a guitar, guys. Keep it up. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't think I'll be doing that in the professional level. It's like you hear a comic yell, like, what are you, a Huckleberry? There's only four people in the back of the room <laughs> laughing. The crowd's like, that's not even a word. Like, what are you about? And we're dying because they figured out a way to say it. Exactly. <laughs> so we have some questions from. Again, our supporters, the Gully Squad. Uh, this, this, uh, a couple questions from MJ Lee. This, uh, we'll get to as many as we can. I don't know the background of a lot of these, but I'm assuming you do. So she, uh, her, her first question is: <laughs> Did you finish doing the Marie Kondo thing? I did. The I, I got rid of so much clothing and clutter. So the whole point is to declutter your house. Clothing, yeah. then you go like button ups and. Shoes. I I, don't, I gave my friends a bunch of shoes and just going through and and for me it was um, cathartic to just get rid of stuff because you accumulate a lot of junk that you don't realize. So for me, I finished and I I I, I would advocate that everyone should do it. I think it's really great that you also realize you know if you can take a bunch of clothing and donate it to someone who needs it, then it's you know even better. You get less clutter and then you give it to people who need it. Okay. For sure. All right. Well done. Uh, so she also asked, what sparks joy for you now? What sparks joy? Besides <laughs> this interview. <laughs> this interview. For me, it's um, my son, who's nine months, just like every day something's new. You know what I mean? You can see sits up and he's more interactive and just 
I, I'm sad to leave for three weeks or hopefully longer because he, I'm going to come back and he's going to be like walking. He'll probably like dap me up when I come back in. He's like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's my room now, pops. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's, for me, it's been, uh, my son is just spending time with him. It is fantastic. And something that I look forward to, even if you're tired, you get excited for it. Okay. Yeah, that is, uh, uh obviously, you, you know, I remember seeing the, the image of, uh, the, the baby reveal that you did with, uh, with the air force ones, the little baby air force ones. What, what's it like, uh, you know, simply being a dad now, uh, and how's that, how's that, how's that affected your quarantine? I think it, it puts everything in perspective and, you know, a lot of times you kind of figure out like, you know, why certain situations happened and, you know, everyone's in 2020, it's just been wild. So for me, I've been trying to really say, you know what, this is giving me time to spend, you know, time with Cam. And that's been three months where I would be in and out doing my thing on the road. And now I spent three full months and he went from six to nine months, which is massive changes. So, yeah. you know, to be able to give him food, see him crawling, you know, interactive, laughing, you know, call and response. I go, he goes. So like, you yeah. know, it's just things, yeah, yeah. things like that are just like mind blowing. I still do so that, from, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the next segment. Yeah. Have you, have he, has he said a first word? Well, actually you guys are Puerto Rican. So has he, his, has he said any big pun lyrics yet? <laughs> no, but Capital Punishment will be one of the first albums that he listens to because that, that album is that is crucial. So <laughs> put a little um, jealous but, one still envy on in case he's more of a fat Joe look, guy. I know. Listen, you gotta you gotta start him. What, start him what is because in in New York, this is uh, this was my childhood. There was a big rivalry between Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. Well, I don't know what it was like in Pennsylvania. I don't know how many Dominicans are in Pennsylvania. Lancaster has a massive Puerto Rican population. Poor, massive Puerto Rican. So, yes. but the did you grow up with with a, any kind of uh, any competitiveness with Dominicans? Because I definitely did. The thing is, in in Lancaster, there's like forty percent of the city is almost Puerto Rican. It's weird. There's a weird migration path from like Puerto Rico to Brooklyn. My dad was born in Brooklyn. You know, yeah. and then from Brooklyn to Lancaster, I'm telling you, it's really odd. <laughs> Look, but I was confused myself when I went there. I'm like, why? I thought they followed me. I'm like, yeah. did I do something in New York? Why y'all here? <laughs> but seriously, so there was so many around uh, in Lancaster that there wasn't as much of a, I would say, uh, you know, kind of that fight. But I, every once in a while, when you, when people mistakenly would call you Mexican or Cuban or something, you get, you get that little like, nah, nah, yeah. nah. Like there's a big difference. My yeah, baseball yeah. team's better. Yeah. <laughs> but them white boys ain't ready, weren't ready for that softball game. Were they, huh? No, no <laughs> not at all. Not at all. They didn't want it. Um, we did it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we have to get you back on the show because there is so much uh, we can talk. I mean, we didn't even talk about your podcast with Jeff Atanella. We didn't. There's so many, so many other subjects that we could cover. We more things about playing for Puerto Rican national team. We got to get you back on. Uh, so thank you again for joining us. Is there anything you want to let people know uh, before we sign off? No, listen. I, I thanks a lot for having me, guys. It's been a blast. This is probably one of the most fun interviews I've I've done. Even if you call it an interview, I would just call it a chat, hanging out oh, with you guys. You uh, Thank so you. So for man. me, it's just been fun. Uh, if you want to follow me to either laugh with me or laugh at me, it's all good through the pod. <laughs> it's all good. 
Nice. All right, dude. Uh, well, thank you. Make sure you follow at Fubo Sports uh, on all social media. Uh, subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel if you'd like to see full episodes of the show. Uh, and, and follow us at Soccer Cooligans on all social media platforms. So yeah. let us end the show the way we normally do. Well, so I, for... We need to do this with Zarek holding up the bacon. Show him the bacons. Put oh, those bacons right. on camera. <laughs> While we do this, goodbye. There we go. <laughs> okay. So for Zarek Valentin with the bacons and the ribbon, <laughs> my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the Cooligans! Cool oh, walk the dogs up. <laughs>